Awesome. Well, hey, y'all okay if I preach a little bit tonight? That's real. That's real. I've only got like one level. It's like just preach. And so I was going to do it regardless of how you answered. But um, I, I believe I, I've got a word from the Lord. I, I do not say that often, but I do believe I have a word for you tonight. So normally I would say, turn to the person next to you and say, get ready. But I want you to like look yourself in the face if it's possible. I don't even know if it's possible. And just say, I need to get ready. I need to get ready. Okay. So we're in a series called 1-800-Relationships. And uh, how many of you excited to learn about some relationships? I know that I needed some help. And I had prepared this message called Relation Tips. And I was going to teach you about all this cute stuff. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, nah, fam, like, <laughs> that ain't what you're talking about. And so I called free. I called uh, Emily and Justin. I was like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, but you may want to ask literally somebody else to speak. Um, I'm not going to talk about relationships. And some of you are like, well, what, what are you talking about? I, I want to talk about the thing that may be preventing you from having a, a, a good dating life, a good relationship. And it's this. This is what God showed me. We do not have dating issues. We have desire issues. We, we don't have dating issues. We have desire issues. And so tonight I'm going to talk about pornography. I'm gonna, we're going to go there. We're, I'm going to talk about masturbation tonight for a while. And some of you are like, whoa, elevation got weird tonight, okay? But this is what I believe is that if the church isn't teaching you about it, then the world is. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the world teaching me anything, especially in the days that we're living in now. And this is what I know is true. If the enemy can keep you focused on another person or fo focus on yourself, that you will never truly find Jesus. And so tonight, I want to challenge your perspective of dating, of relationships, and what you believe that you need for yourself. I believe there's people in this room as I was praying, and I'm going to be a little bit bold and direct tonight. I love you. The spirit of condemnation has to leave this place. There is no shame. We need to hear this. We need to hear this. And I was just praying for you, and I was like, there's people in this room. And I've been here that we're trying to get people out of our head that have been in our pants. And you're, you're like, why can't I stop thinking about this person? It's because you went to a place with them that God said, hey, if you would wait for marriage, you wouldn't feel the way you feel. Because having sex is becoming one. And there's, for me, before I got married, I'm gonna tell you all about my junk, just wait. I became one with several people before I got married. Hardest conversation I've ever had to have in my life. And so tonight, I believe if we lean into this, that God can teach us. Just a few facts about me. I became addicted to pornography when I was 10. The masturbation started shortly after that. I didn't know anything was wrong. I thought it was normal. I stumbled upon a computer. I, after being exposed to porn, I questioned my identity, my sexuality, everything that God created for good, I was questioning it because it had become tainted with evil. I lost my virginity in high school. I, I cheated, I lied, I, I manipulated. I, through college and through high school, even after saying yes to Jesus, I still often said yes to sexual sin. It was the thing that the enemy wanted to take me out with. And how many of you want to know he didn't succeed? We're all susceptible to this. 
No one is excused. This is for everybody. This is for you. Y'all, I had to realize one day after the party and the drink and the drugs, the lying, the sex, the porn, it's not going to satisfy me. And so I had to cut it off. Say cut it off. Some of y'all are like, what are we cutting off? Just be careful, okay? Like, I'm going to get there tonight. We're going to go there. And so this is what I want to do. I I believe that this was from the Lord. I'm speaking to the sinner. I'm speaking to the saint. I'm speaking to the lost. I'm speaking to the found. I'm speaking to the one that knows the word and the people in here that like, I ain't ever, I ain't never heard the word. I walked into this place nine years ago. Elevation gave my life to Jesus. I had just woke up from my girlfriend's house. It was a relationship series called Toxic. And everything about my life was toxic. And so I wanna talk to you if you're acing it in the area of relationships or if you're like, brother Seth, like, dude, I'm having the hardest time in my life. I wanna talk to the person that's addicted to the person that's been healed. The person that's been set free, the person that's still in bondage. This message is for everyone. And so this is what we're gonna do. I believe I'm supposed to do this. I believe that we need to have the altar call at the beginning of the message. And I'm not gonna ask you to get up and come up front. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but this is what I want you to do. Everybody look me in the face. It's usually at this time in the message where the enemy starts making you believe this is for somebody else. Oh, this is for the person I brought. This is, this is for the person who's really struggling. This is, no, 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 no. This is for everybody. And so I'm gonna pray. And then my brother Raymark's gonna be able to go rest on the keys. And I believe the spirit of God's gonna teach us how to be pure. And so let's do this. God, we welcome you into this place. For the people who heard a prayer and heard worship earlier and they completely dismissed it, God, I pray that you would speak to their heart tonight. God, we all desperately need you. For the person who's been walking with you for years or the person who doesn't know you, God, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, speak in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right, well, now that that's out of the way, Raymark, thank you. Would y'all give it up for Raymark? I I love Raymark. I showed up and I saw that he was on the keys and I was like, let's go, let's go. I love Raymark. Um, my name is Seth. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my beautiful bride is not here, but y'all say, hey, Kendra. <laughs> y'all doing okay tonight? Is everybody doing okay? Y'all, some of y'all are like, dude, you came in hot. That's the only way I know how to do it, okay? Like, it's, uh, that's, just, that's just how I roll. So we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna laugh. Uh, turn to the person next to you and say, you're ready. ready. Turn to the person behind you and say, you ain't ready. She, she wasn't ready, okay? <laughs> she wasn't ready. Okay, all right. Chill out, chill out, people. So um, my family, uh, I actually met my wife in Elevation, so just look around real quick, chill. We're talking about desires, okay? So y'all don't get crazy. But I did meet my wife and uh, my family. I think we've got a picture. That's my son who's upside down. I I usually do that uh, just to kind of get the blood rushing to his head so he'll chill out. And uh, he has got enough energy for everybody, okay? And uh, he's a lot of fun. We are having a baby girl. Um, Her name is Haven. And me and my wife are still arguing about the middle name, but... Uh, she'll probably win. That's usually how that goes. Um, but I love my, fam- my family. And this is what I want to say before we get into it, is that I-, I believe you can learn from someone else's experiences and mistakes, or you can learn from your own. And my heart is that you would learn from my experiences, which haven't been the best in this area. This is probably the area that I, I sucked at the most. 
And so tonight, I just want you to lean in. We're going to have fun, but I believe that God's going to break some things off in this room tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I've got a video of my son. This was like three hours ago. You got that video in the back? This was him being disobedient. Y'all check it out. Y'all saw him look at me. He knew what he was doing. Zane, stop, Bubba. See ya. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay. I had to show that video. That, that happened right before I got up here. I sent it to free. I was like, this has no purpose other than that's my son. And uh, he likes to party. So, y'all, Zane, we made this huge mistake and we started letting him watch like kids YouTube on my phone. And so he'll hold the phone. And all of you have experienced this before. YouTube has these things called ads, right? And this is what Zane does. The, the ad will pop up, and y'all know this. The countdown's happening in the bottom right corner. Five, four, three, two, one. And what do you click? Skip ad. Well, Zane doesn't understand that not all ads are skippable, you know? <laughs> and so, like, those long ones will pop up. It's like 15 seconds. It's like, dear God, like, this is the longest thing in history when there used to be commercials for 40, 45 seconds, you know? And this thing will pop up, and he just starts grunting. Like, the ad will pop up, and he's like, and I just want to tell the people trying to sell my son his soul to these toys they're displaying on YouTube that he doesn't like your ad. You know, like, it's too long. And so he'll start grunting, and I'll take the phone from him because I'm a good father, and I want to skip the ad for him. And then he looks at me. I can't make this stuff up. He doesn't know how to say no, no, so he goes, Ababa. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. But he'll be like, Ababa. Ababa, bring in the back. You know, you've heard him say it. Ababa. And I'm like, oh boy, like, and I'm like, demon, you gotta go. I'm kidding, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I'm like, don't be telling me, Ababa, I am your father and I'm trying to hook you up. I'm just trying to skip the ad. And he's like frustrated, he's grunting at me and I'm sure he's cussing in his own little language. Like, and this is the thing is that we do this with God. We're trying to take, you know, we, we want to skip the ad. We want to skip the season of waiting. It may be a little longer than you intended, but we're trying to click the, the button that kind of makes it disappear. Oh, I got this God. Bye-bye, God, you know. <laughs> he has no clue that his father loves him and is trying to help him watch Nickelodeon and Coco Melon. Like, and he's like just in his own little world. Y'all pray for my son. He needs to get saved, like. Some of us, we, we go into relationships like this and we think God is trying to like hold out on us. Like, like, like when he created you from nothing, when he breathed life into your lungs, it's like, oh, and he forgot about the person I was gonna spend the rest of my life with. And so we take it into our own hands and we end up in trouble like I was in college. Like I, I got saved, I started, man, I was following the Lord and, uh, and I was like, I'm going to go to seminary. So I decided, Amir's in the back, you remember, I think you remember this. And I was like, I'm going to seminary. I'm going to learn about the Bible. I was still being disobedient. I like took it into my hands. And I'm like, I'm going to marry this girl. Her name was Chloe, by the way. She's a saint. So I'm not talking bad about Chloe tonight. <laughs> she ended up getting married like three months after we broke up anyway. So um, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. And so we, <laughs> and I was on Facebook. I was like, dang, like that was quick, you know. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Okay, so um, 
So I go down to Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I was spending three days with her family after Christmas. I was about to leave for a mission trip and go do the work of God in Argentina. And uh, I, I just knew I was going to marry this girl. She was like the apple of my eye, and I, whatever that means. Like, I just, you know, I, did, I was so messed up. And so I, I was actually living with her grandparents. Everybody say, oh, no. So what y'all need to know is that her, her grandparents are very wealthy. Like, like, your boy didn't grow up around money. I walked in the house, I'm like, I can't be here, you know? <laughs> Y'all ever been places, it's like, I'm gonna break something and I'm gonna go to prison, like, you know? And so I was staying in the bedroom. Some of you may know Andy Stanley, he's a, he's a pastor. His father is Charles Stanley, he's a famous theologian. And um, it's where he stays. And so I'm like, in the room, there's pictures of Charles. I've studied Charles. Like, I know, what Char- I know who Charles is. I'm looking around, I'm like, I don't belong here. And so I'm in this room, I'm like, I can't break nothing, I'm just going to stay still, I'm clumsy and disobedient to God, you know. And uh, I was about to take Chloe on a date. And so I go downstairs, and she lives like, her parents' house is like two times bigger than this house, and uh, they were like a, a block over. And I was lit, you know, I was, I, was, I was living, I stayed there for three days, and uh, after day one, I knew it wasn't going to work. But anyways, um, I went downstairs, and I'm just going to call him Papa. He was sitting in this leather recliner that cost more than my life. And, um, and I sat down and I was like, hey, do you got any advice for me? I should have never asked that question. And he began to talk to me. And those of you that know me know that I like to be on time. So much as if I get places like 30, 45 minutes early. Like, that's just how I am. And so I go and, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the date. I'm looking cute. You know, my breast smells good. And some of y'all need gum with the mask on. Just a fun fact. Just do it. Just trust me. And, um, and I, I, I try to excuse myself from the conversation so I could go pick up Chloe for the date. And, um, and I, on my way out, I said a phrase. I said, hey, uh, wish me luck. You know, figure of speech. Anybody ever heard this? This is what he says. Uh, young man, come back in here. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. He says, have a seat. And he looks me in the face. And he says, we don't believe in luck in this family. We believe in the grace of God. We believe everything has a purpose. Do you not believe that? And I'm like, bro, I'm j- I was just, it's just like, I heard it growing up, you know, like, <laughs> chill out, Papa. Like, and, I, and so I, he talked to me for an hour and a half. And so I am now an hour and 35 minute late for my, for my date. My phone is blowing up. I'm respecting him. I'm just, you know, all this. And then I get up to leave to go pick her up for the date. And what do y'all think I said again? Wish me luck. Everybody say, you are stupid. Like, <laughs> and then he said, come in here, and I just left. I knew it wasn't going to work. I'm like, I'm going to come back and get my bag later. And at that, that night, I told I was like, hey, we really need to start praying about it. This is God's will for our life, you know? And I was really like, your yeah, papa done mess things up, you know? And, and, and some of us are in a place where it's just like, well, just wish me luck. You know, I can't stop looking at porn tonight. I just wish me luck. I keep saying the night at my girlfriend and my boyfriend's house, hey, wish me luck. You know, I heard a, a wise man say one time, we put ourselves in places of personal weakness and we expect the presence of God to show up. And we do this in the area of relationships. I, I heard a song growing up, sing it along with me if you know. It's a love song. You used to hear it in kindergarten. Seth and Kendra sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes, then comes, then comes the, and then it goes on, don't go on, okay? That's when things get weird and we know where you're from, okay? So 
But this is what the world is saying. The world is singing a different song. And what is sad is that people in the church have started singing along with it. This is what it sounds like. It's sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes porn, then a little sex, then comes a baby. I guess we should get married next. And we have, you are in the back. (laughs) We have started singing this song in our heart. (laughs) Caught the Holy Ghost in the back. (laughs) Oh, oh Lord. We have started singing this song. Whether you think you're singing it or not, if you're not saying yes to God, you're saying yes to something else. Everybody say, cut it off. What Jesus is talking about in the scripture is not cutting off your body parts. So y'all don't get freaked out on me tonight, okay? Some of you are like, I'm about to lose a hand, you know? Like, we'll get there too, okay? You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Some of you are thinking, well, this is written for married people. I just wanna caution you. I think that Jesus is saying, not, not just to married people in this text, this was the Sermon on the Mount. This was the longest message he spoke in the Bible. It was three chapters long, and it was several days long. There was people gathered all around, and he's teaching this message, and he's saying, you should not commit adultery. It's not, he's not just talking to married people. He's talking to single people who are probably hooking up with someone else's future spouse. And so it's easy to read this and be like, I'm off the hook. I'm not married. But the thing is, is I heard this a long time ago. If you are making out with somebody that ain't your wife, it is somebody else's or somebody else's husband or fill in the blank. And so this, this, this text is for all of us. It says he, he, he goes from adultery and he takes it up another level. But if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. So he's saying it is a heart issue. And if it causes you to sin, then you need to cut it off. Some of y'all are like, I'm going to lose a hand, <laughs> both of my hands, you know. I'm going to lose my eyes, both of my eyes. Like, I'm going to lose some ears. I'm going to lose, you know, I'm not going to go there, okay? Like, chill out. <laughs> but if it is causing you to sin, cut it off. And I want to come from the place tonight that if it's a part of your life and you know that it shouldn't be, you are responsible for removing it. Now, God will empower you, but you got to plant the stake in the ground and say, I'm not going back to this. You have to make the decision. And so I think that what Jesus is saying, everybody say masturbation. Okay, yeah, I can feel people like masturbation. You know, I never thought I'd say it in church. I want the church to teach you about this topic so that we don't have to hope that like, like somebody else will. I didn't hear this growing up. Like nobody really, I'm like, well, it's, Live your own truth, you know, that's popular now. How's that going for you, you know? Like, it's like, he's not saying if you struggle with this, cut off your hands. He's not saying if you're looking at porn, get rid of your eyes. He is saying, oh, listen, lust, it dehumanizes someone else into an object or a passion. Lust is a selfish desire that detours love. Lust is such a demonic force that there are people that are in the middle of it that may even be in this room tonight. Like I said, shame has to leave in the name of Jesus. This is the word of God. There's people in the middle of it right now and you are justifying it and you think it lines up with the word of God. And I'm here to tell you tonight that this is not a healthy thing. Jesus is talking to these people in the text and these people were worshiping sex. 
There's people that were present that were all mixed up in all kinds of beliefs. And he says, don't just not commit adultery, but I don't even want you to look at people lustfully. And I've learned that it's very hard to have my eyes fixed on Christ if my eyes are fixed on my own sexual desires. And so here's a couple misconceptions about masturbation. No one else does it but me. I'm the only one that struggles with it. We're not gonna ask anybody to raise their hands. It could get weird real quick. <laughs> but the reality is that if you're, if you're in this room and you struggle with it, you're not alone. The, the pastor on stage says that he struggled for a very long time with pornography, masturbation, and, and it was a place where I had to put a stake in the ground, get some accountability in my life, block some websites, put my phone away at night, control my eyes. God, invite, I have re-invite you into my heart because your boy is broken. You're not the only one that struggles with it. I, I'll quit when I get married. Y'all hear me on this. Misconception, people are like, oh, I'll stop till I get married. It's helping me control temptation. Y'all, sex was meant to strengthen a marriage. Sex was meant to draw two people together to be one. It was meant for procreation. Masturbation that is brought into marriage is basically telling your future spouse, you don't need them. And so for the person that's arguing with me that it is acceptable and it's okay, I'm here to tell you that I would love to debate about it. It's not. It's, it's one of the most self-centered acts that a person can have. Well, another misconception, it's not harming me. Another misconception is it's not a big deal compared to other sins. It, it really is. You're releasing dopamine throughout your body while thinking about a fantasy that will never exist. That's how people get real weird. That's how people start becoming pedophiles. Nobody wakes up one day and is like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, do something crazy. It starts with a fantasy, dopamine being released, it becoming a reality. And then those people are in prison. Well, and then I hear this one, and I'll leave this here. Is it's okay to masturbate if I don't lust. If I'm only thinking about good things, I'll just ask you this. When's the last time, don't answer this out loud, okay? When's the last time you did it and you thought about the kingdom of God? Like, I, it just has never happened that way, you know? Like, don't get weird. But I'll just ask you, are you honoring your future spouse with your decisions? And I was in a college retreat one time and uh, we, we had this breakout about sex and this guy pulled me aside and he was like, Seth, I read in the Bible that God said, whatever you put your hand to, do it with all your heart. And I was like, bro, that's a different, like that's not the same thing, you know? It got, and I was like, dude, you need a lot of, you need prayer, you know? <laughs> you, you really do. And um, th this is the thing that you need to hear and I want y'all to hear my heart on this. Regardless of the frustrations, the misunderstandings, the failures in this area that you may have, you need to know tonight, Logan said it earlier before service, that God loves you. Hear me, God is proud of you. You are a child of the king. You are a royal priesthood. He chose you. He called you by name. He knows how many hairs are on your head even if you're losing them. Do you think that he doesn't care about the future of your sex life? I would say that I think he does. He created it. He could have caused any way for somebody to be intimate with their spouse. He created the world. He could have said, you know, if you give, give someone a wet willy, they have a baby. No, he chose sex. And I'm very thankful that he chose sex. Like it is a God honoring thing if you honor it inside the context of a marriage.
But when you're alone and you're trying to reenact something that God wants to happen in the future of your life, we're skipping the ad. We're, we're, we're kind of like grunting and it's a bye-bye, God. I, I got this. The average exposure to porn now today is age seven. There's more divorced people than married people. There's more gender confusion now than ever. We live in a world where a man can walk into a woman's bathroom and, and vice versa. More unfaithfulness than faithfulness. Y'all, people are rewriting the script for what is now acceptable, not only in the world, but what is acceptable in the church. This is the word of God. I just wanna, I wanna go ahead and say this. The word of God doesn't need an update like your iPhone does. It is the same yesterday, today, forever and forevermore. The word of God remains the same. And I promise you, if you apply it to your life, God will bless your life. He will bless your relationships. It says in Luke 9, he said to them, if anyone comes after me, let them deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. I believe that Jesus wanted to get our attention in this text. The word sin and stumble in this text, if you go break it down, it's the word in the Hebrew, it's scandalizo. Everybody say scandalizo. I'm Italian, but that's probably wrong. Like, you know, scandalizo. That, you know what the root word of that is? Scandal. You could turn on any news station and what do you see? Scandals, especially with churches and believers and Christians, people of the faith, scandal. This is what I'll say. The first thing I want you to take note of tonight is you have to cut the root and not just the fruit. Some of y'all are like, I struggle with anger. I can't lose my temper, you know. It's like, no, no, there's a reason you struggle with anger, boo-boo, like, for me, I could go all the way back to my childhood. Why do I respond this way when I disagree with someone? It's because I didn't feel protected as a child. Well, why do I struggle with identity and struggle with the way that I look and I, and I struggle with sexual sin and the temptation to look where I'm not supposed to? It's because when you were a child, you were exposed to pornography. We gotta get down to the root of where it started. There's some people in the room tonight, someone hurt you as a kid. And I wanna stand here on behalf before you and for God and say, I am sorry that that happened. It was never God's intention. There are jacked up people in this world that do jacked up things. And I am here to tell you, if you have been hurt sexually, mentally, physically, emotionally, that there is a place at the table for you in the kingdom. It does not disqualify you. There are people that need to hear your story. There are people that need to hear you verbalize what happened to you so that they can be set free as well. But I believe there's someone here tonight and you've never talked about it. Tonight you're not. There's gonna be an opportunity for you to do that. Back in the day, there was this uh, thing, it's called circumcision. I know that's a weird transition. If you don't know what circumcision is, just ask Justin for you after service. He'll, uh, <laughs> I've actually got a pocket knife. We can, you know, well, I'm kidding. Can I have a volunteer? Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, shut up. Shut up. All right. Chill out, elevation. Y'all are so immature. Okay. All right. <laughs> I really need to grow up. Con y'all, this is what it was. Circumcision is consecration. 
Consecration is the answer to God's call on your life. It's making a conscious decision to say yes to God with every part of your being. It was, it was symbolic. They removed skin, I, I gotta go there, because their ancestors had sin. They had to be circumcised at our age. Don't get a, I mean, I'm just like, Lord, thank God for the new covenant. You know what I mean? Like, Lord, the removal of flesh. I think God was saying in that text, like, if you want the kingdom, if you want the promised land for you today, if you want the promises of God, there are some things that you've got to cut out of your life. You got to cut it off. I think, you know, Galatians tells us if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. That's an encouraging scripture. But if you live according to the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. I came to tell somebody tonight, you may, you may not hear anything I say. If you don't cut the sexual sin off in your life, it will cut you. And it, man, I'm telling you, it cut me, it cut me deep. I, I've had counseling. I've had all kinds of moments of just like, I'm so undeserving of God's love and his grace, but y'all listen, he loves you. And he wants to be in a closer relationship with you, but it's really hard for him to do that when there's somebody else or something else in his place. You can tell a, a, a tree by its fruit. And I can look at people's life and tell that they've never dealt with the root. And I just wanna invite you to do that tonight. I, I think that God is gonna start showing you some things you need to deal with, some questions you need to ask maybe your family. The second thing I wrote down is, you've gotta cut the ties, but not the person. Some of y'all are like, I'm in a relationship right now and that I just know is not good. I, I didn't come to give you relation tips. <laughs> I, I didn't come to give you self-help. I came to tell you there's life and there's death. And, and there's decisions that lead one way and there's decisions that lead another way. For me, the enemy was trying to destroy my life through sex, through sexual relationships, through pornography, through being exposed to things I wasn't supposed to be exposed to. This is what cut the ties means. It means to end all communication with. I wanna ask you a question. Tonight, what do you need to end communication with? For some of you, it's not a person. It's an app on your phone. For some of you, you need to end communication with the website you go to over and over. For some of you, you need to end communication with a friend that is toxic in your brain and in your heart that talks you out of the things of God, maybe even right after elevation. For some of you, it may be a relationship. A person, it says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one, they help each other, and when one falls, they can reach out to help you up. A simple filter to apply to your life with relationships is this, y'all look at me. Ask this question, is this helping me or is this hurting me? Is this person making only withdrawals from my life or are they making deposits? I don't know about you, but I want people in my life that make deposits. I want people in my life that speak life to me. I want people in my life when I'm struggling, I'm on my outs, that they're gonna pick me up, they're gonna push me towards God. I don't need people in my life talking ahead all the time. I don't need people in my life talking behind my back. I don't need people in my life that are tempting me with the things that God pulled me out of. I need some people in my life that are gonna say yes to Jesus. And I just wanna ask you, do you have people in your life that do that for you? Are there people in your life that 
that are pulling you down or pushing you up towards the kingdom. We don't have to tolerate it. Did you know that? People that are still in your joy and, and, and the things of God in your life. I tell our high school students, when I, when I was a youth pastor, I told them, you've got these rumble strips in your life. I call them the, the relationship rumble strips. You know, when you go off the road, y'all make the no, noise, it's like, you know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all, it wakes you up. Thank God, you know. You need these in every area of your life. Pastor Rick just spoke a message about this. But some of us, there are literally, there's no rumble strips in your life. And so when you are going off of the road and you're headed for the ditch, you don't hear any noises because there's nobody there to tell you. But a person that's in your life, maybe before you send the text, you make the phone call, you go have the little sleepover that turns into sex or whatever it may be for you. Maybe you just have a person you, you ask that's ahead of you in life. Hey, is this a good idea? Um, maybe the word of God should be your rumble strips. What does God say about this? Maybe your past experiences can be your rumble strips. Well, that hurt me before. See you, shouty. You know what I mean? Like, we need some rumble strips in our life. I, I believe we put our, ourselves in places where we're weak and we beg the presence of God to show up. I, I wrote this down that people do not just have marriage problems. They have single problems that they took into marriage. And so I, I'm inviting you and encouraging you tonight. Let's deal with the root. Everybody shake their shoulders a little bit. I know this is heavy. You got to get this in your gut. I told Justin, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be the most encouraging message tonight. We're talking about porn, masturbation, and sex, you know, like. But if, when I look at a generation of young people that can make a difference, you know what the enemy's trying to destroy your life with? The things I just mentioned. And what's crazy about it is that for some reason, we don't talk about it in the church. And so you think I'm alone in this? You think I, that nobody, well, well everybody's going to think I'm weird? Everybody's going to leave me or abandon me? I came just to encourage you to talk about it a little bit more. In your groups, in your life groups, and with your peers, with your pastors, with your leaders, talk about it. Because if you don't talk about it now, it's going to be the reason that you have to leave your wife or your husband someday. And I, I want to try to prevent you of doing that. It's better to be single, desiring to be married someday, than to be married desiring to be single again someday. And I just want you to get this inside of you. Is there something you need to cut ties with? A website, a phone number, an app, an environment. Matthew in the Bible, he says this, and we're about to finish up with point number three. Matthew in the Bible tells us this, that we are supposed to love God. He simplifies it, love God, love ourselves, and then we can love other people. Have y'all heard this before? Okay. I know a lot of young people that try to love other people and they don't love themselves. So do you know what happens? Someone that doesn't love themselves that goes and tries to love someone else, they will morph their life into whatever that person wants them to be. Y'all seen this, y'all seen this. I've experienced it, I've done it. I also know people that love themselves probably a little too much and they don't love God. And then they try to love someone else. And what happens is this person is now an object for their own pleasure. When I text you, you answer. When I call you, you've heard this before, guys. And girls, you've heard this. So what, what is the recipe for success? It, it's you love God. He teaches you how to love the things that he put in your spirit, in your heart, the things that he created in you. And then what? We can love other people. 
And if we mess that up, it's very difficult to do anything for God. The last point is this, as I close, it's point number three, cut to the chase. And I was just ready for this point. <laughs> cut to the chase. Anybody know what cut to the chase is? I mean, shut up, Seth, and prove your point, you know? <laughs> cut to the chase. We, we gotta stop fooling around with this stuff, you guys. This isn't a cute message. This isn't one that tickles all of your little desires and like everything you just dream about. Oh, give me courage and, you know, just love Jesus. This came, I came to challenge you. We, we got to cut to the chase because the reality is if we don't get this, guys, the, the, life is going to be hard. I, I was prepping for this message. I was reminded of something that happened. Uh, do y'all know Mason Andrews? Is he in here, Mason? Okay. Mason was over at our house recently. Yeah, Mason, you got some fans. And uh, sorry, worship team. Um, and and we, were, we were talking about relationships. It was like 1130 at night. I'm like, bro, my bedtime 730. You need to go. I'm kidding, Mason. We love you. And, uh, and I got up to go get a glass of milk, and I stubbed my toe. Anybody ever stubbed their toe before? You probably cussed. And then, um, and I fall on the ground. We're remodeling our house, and my, my, what happened is my toe got caught in between the old flooring and the new flooring. And so Kendra and Mason are in the living room just laughing. Oh, I was, I'm about to, mm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all chill out. And I'm like, I'm dying over here. Like my toenail, they didn't know my toenail had been ripped all the way back. And so I'm bleeding. I think I broke my whole foot off. I'm like, ah, you know, and they're like, shut up. You know, that's what happens when you cry wolf too many times, right? And so this is what I did. If you've ever had an ingrown toenail or if you've ever done that, raise your hand if you know what I'm feeling. Like my brothers and sisters, okay, I'm not alone. It freaking hurts. But this is what you gotta make a decision. Do I rip that thing off or do I pray in the spirit and hope that thing just joins back to that toe? So that's what I did for five days. And, and I walked around, I put two socks on. That didn't work. I wore Chacos. <laughs> it was just like, that mug was just like, you know, just. <laughs> and every step I took, you know what I felt? Pain. Some of you were walking around life and you got just things blowing in the wind. You got pains from your past, whether it's five days ago, five years ago, 15 years ago. And God is saying, if you would cut it off and just get to the root of the issue, if you would just cut to the chase and you would understand that the gospel is for you. It is good news for bad people. Jesus didn't come to save the people who had it together. He came to save the sick. He came to save the lost. And so I got a pair of pliers. I'm kidding, I didn't. <laughs> but I did rip that thing off and it hurts. It hurt, man. But it was so worth it because that toenail grew back. It looks a little funny, but it grew back. <laughs> kind of at an angle, you know. Oh, it's so messed up. Stand up across the room. I know this message was heavy, but I believe if you would just take my word for it so you don't have to experience the pain for yourself. Some of you in this room, you have experienced real pain in real time in your life. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna diminish that. I don't wanna act like it didn't happen. Y'all, tonight, I would say, 
Man, be bold enough to talk to somebody tonight. Would you, would you just, could y'all, could y'all just shake your heads and say, I'm gonna talk to somebody. This isn't a weird foreign topic anymore. Y'all can come join me, worship team. I love y'all. This isn't some weird thing. Masturbation isn't a cuss word anymore. Like we could talk to our friends about our struggles. If you got friends in your life that you can't be real with, they are not your friends. Amen. And so this is what the word says, 1 Corinthians 6.18. I don't even know why I had a knife. Anyways, it says this, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of their body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Everybody say Jesus. The shame has to leave. Who is in you? whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Everybody say, I was bought. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I wrote this down. Your life is not your own when you say yes to Jesus. This is an acute message. When you say yes to Jesus, you are saying yes to his will and not yours. When you say yes to Jesus, you are saying yes to not only blessing, but there will be hard times. When you say yes to Jesus, you don't just make him the savior, the guy who died on a cross and, and we, it's like, oh, I've got grace. He's the Lord, which means that I wanna direct you. I wanna lead you. When I say stop, you say stop. When I say go, you, say, you go. This is what God wants to do in your life. I was reading, there's a guy, have y'all seen the movie 127 Hours? You know what I'm talking about? There's a guy, his name's Aaron. And he was not very wise. He thought he was invincible. He's out climbing in this rock canyon. He falls down into this canyon and his hand gets stuck. You know what I'm talking about? This brother had to cut his arm off. Like his hand got stuck between a rock and a hard place, literally. Like, oh, that's why I brought the knife. I just remembered, you know? He had a multi-tool and he gets the knife out. He's there for, for days, 127 hours. And he gets this knife out and he starts chipping away at the rock. By the way, he's chipping away at the wrong thing because the rock was never going to move. And so he looks at himself, he accidentally nicks his thumb and realizes he couldn't, he couldn't really feel it. And so I don't, I'm not trying to be graphic, but he, cut, he had to break his arm and cut his arm off. He was willing to remove something so that he could live. And this is what I just wanna ask you this before we close tonight. Is there something in your life that you need to remove so that you can live? God's bringing it up right now. The Holy Spirit is showing you this thing has to leave. It has to leave. Did you know that there was somebody cut so that you didn't have to do any cutting? There was somebody bruised so that you wouldn't be bruised. There was someone who bled so you didn't have to. There was someone who was hung on a cross so that you didn't have to. We say yes to Jesus. Grace enters our life. We have access to the Holy Spirit. He's our savior, he's our Lord. Tonight, I hope tonight looks a little bit different. I don't want it to be this little thing we worship and then everybody goes home and patty cakes. I don't want that. I want us to get real with each other tonight. Can we do that, y'all? What would happen in a ministry where a couple hundred thousand people in a state, young people, would rise up and say, I'm gonna make a difference for the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna be defined by my past. I'm gonna say yes to who God says that I am. And so across the room, if you would bow your head, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship a little bit.